Everyone can hear me, right? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Okay, okay. Um, so um first um I'll start with um Jude. My name is Emeka. Um Emeka Obian. Um so I'll start with um Jude 1, verse 20, it says, um, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So I just want us to pray in the Holy Ghost for just like one minute. I know we've done it, but let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Because what we're talking about now is about building our faith, building the foundations of our faith. So I just want us to just pray in the Holy Ghost for like one minute.
would not see because even Jesus told um, the Pharisees that um, that they think that they see that he's seen that your eyes will be open and seen but you will not see you have ears but you will not hear so it's always important that we ask God to open our eyes to see so the scripture that we're going to be reading is uh, Mark in Mark chapter um, 10 Mark chapter 10 verse 46 and um, I think it's a very it's a very very popular scripture and so I'll be reading it um, now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, um, blind Bartimaeus, the son of mm-hmm. Te- the son of the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many want him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood, stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, rise, he is calling you. And train aside his garments, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received the sight and followed Jesus on the road. So um, there are some things about this scripture that I did not see before. I, like I said earlier, I've read the scripture several times, but there are some things that I've not seen that the Lord opened my eyes to. And um, why, I, why I brought this scripture was that there are some actions, there are some actions that this, that this man that the Bible referred to as blind Bartimaeus. We have to first understand that this man's name was not mentioned in this scripture. Bartimaeus means the son of Timaeus. So for some reason, the Bible never mm-hmm. recorded, called his name. They called mm-hmm. Rahab the prostitute. They called all the names of people, but for this man, they did not call his name. They called, they, they mentioned his situation that he was blind, and they mentioned his past, that he was the son of Timaeus, but they did not mention his name. So I've read this scripture several, but this man did, there were some occurrences, this man took some actions that Jesus called faith, that your faith has made you well. And so that is what I want to talk about. But before we go, we're talking about the foundations of our faith. Before we continue, we have to first define what faith is. And we all know the scripture in Hebrew 11, verse 1. It says that faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. In verse 2, it says that by, 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 by that thing called faith, that the elders obtained a good report. And in verse 3, he said, for, for they understood that for they understood that their world, our world was made was framed by the word of God, that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Then down the line, they start talking about the elders of faith, about um, Noah, about Abraham, and about everybody. But going now back to, I just wanted to just lay that foundation. Now, going back to um, our, our text of this morning, um, the Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52, we find out that there were three things, three things stood out for me in that story. And the three things that stood out for me was, one, that the man was blind. Two, that he cried for mercy. And three, that he took off his garment. And he did just, and these three things happened and Jesus called it faith. So I want us to, I want us to tackle it one by one. And I pray that God gives us enough time to finish it. And I'll be very fast so that we can finish it. Um, first, we're going to look at blindness, his blindness. The greatest form of captivity that any man can be, any person can be, is to be blind. Because you see, when you are blind, if you're in captivity and you are blind, even when the Lord, even when the Lord makes a way of escape, that you rather, if you are blind, you rather stay in the confinement that you are familiar with rather than to explore the unknown in faith. 
So blindness is, I rather conform to my environment. I rather conform to my familiarities, even if my environment or those familiarities are, is a bondage in itself. But I rather conform to that environment than to explore the unknown in faith. So blindness is a very terrible thing. Blindness is something that holds us, that, that, that stops us from moving ahead. In fact, fear, one of the things that fear comes to do is it comes to attack our mindset. It comes to make us blind, not to see. And so how do we see? Um, the Bible says in Psalm chapter um, 119, 119, verse 105, it says that um, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It also says in um, that same um, um, chapter in one in 130 or so, yeah, it said that the entrance of your words gives life, gives light, and it gives understanding to the simple. And we also know in John chapter one, it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning that by him, everything was made and without him, there was nothing that was made, that was made. We went ahead in verse four to say that in him was life and the life was the light of God. So the thing that gives us light, why I, why I quoted this scripture, also in Matthew, uh, let me not even forget, in Matthew chapter 5, also verse 14, it said that we are the light of the world. So the thing that gives us light, the thing that illuminates us is the word of God. Why I, I quoted this scripture so we understand that the thing that makes us see, that gives us light, that brings us out of darkness is the word of God. So, Quoting that same scripture where it said in Matthew chapter 5, he said, we are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill cannot be hidden. Then he said, who lights, a, who lights a candle and puts it under a basket? But we put it on a candlestick to bring light to the room. So if you get to a situation where it seems like everywhere around you is dark, it will only mean that there is not... You have not put on your light. It's for example, when, um, for example, uh, let me tell you a story. Back when I was in Nigeria, I, I wanted to, I was sleeping. There was no light at the time. And um, I was waiting for um, Nepal to bring light. And I was in my room. I waited like all night. I did not put on my AC because I was waiting for Nepal to bring light. And um, I was waiting for the bulb to come on. And it took overnight. It went throughout the night. And the next morning I, I, I got up upset that they did not bring light at night. As I opened the door, I just saw bright lights in the corridor. Wait. Apparently they had brought the light in the morning. They had brought the light since night, but because I did not, I did not, I forgot to switch on my lights. I thought there was no light throughout the night and I was in total darkness and I was hot. So it's the same way when you come and you find yourself around darkness, it might only mean that you have not turned on your light. Because you see, darkness is only as powerful as the absence of light. Darkness is not powerful on its own. It's only when light is absent that darkness takes its strength. So um, in this kingdom, I have to mention that in this kingdom, we advance by light. This is a kingdom that the, our advancement is by the light that we receive. And um, time will not permit me to go to... Um, to, to go deep into this, but um, one of the things that we find out in the scripture is that even from Daniel to Joseph is that we trade, in this kingdom, we trade light for dominion. It was the same thing with Joseph. Joseph traded his light for dominion. Daniel traded light for dominion. In this kingdom, most of the thing, most of the businesses, transactions we do especially when we are people of light, is that we trade light, revelation, for dominion. And the scripture said it quite uh, um, clearly, that it said that, that the kings will come to the brightness of your light. So if you let your light shine, kings will come to trade dominion for the light that you have. But now the thing is, if it's the word of God that gives us light, the question is, what is the word of God? Because we in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, it says that, that um, 
as the waters, as the rain comes, as the rain and the snow comes to the earth and it waters the earth and it doesn't come on, come um, back up, but it waters the earth and gives and causes the earth to be fruitful, gives um, seeds to the farmer and um, bread to the eater. God said that that is the same way my word that proceeds out of my mouth comes out, that it doesn't come back to me void, but it accomplishes all that is that all that I desire and that it prosper in wherever I send it, that I, I send it. So the question is now, what is that word of God? Because we have recited the Bible, we'll bring the scripture and we'll recite the Bible severally, but it's it often seems like the Bible that we recite is void of power, is void of light, or is void of the presence of God. So the question is now, what is the word of God? For if we recite it, if we recite that Bible and it doesn't work, if we recite the Bible and it doesn't work, it only means two things. It means that either that the either uh, it means that either the word is 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 that that word is void of power and that the scripture was lying, or that the word that we speak is not the word of God. So the question is now, what is the word of God? You see, the Bible is, the Bible is, 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 is I'm not, hey, let me just clarify this. I'm not trying to demean the Bible. The Bible is the most accurate and the most, um, the most detailed and the most accurate um, test um, 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 record of God's dealing with man. You see, the Bible is, um, the Bible is um, 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 contains is a detailed testimony. They, they call it the Old and the New Testament. It's a detailed testament of God's of number one, God's dealing with man. That God's principle, God's um, uh, model of brandy, how He deals with man. The secondly, it's um, it, it contains inside it within it the um, 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 God's promises. And God's covenant with man. Then, then the last one is that it contains God's prophecy to man. But you see, in John chapter 5, when Jesus, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes, he told them that, but you do not have the word. You do not have the word of God inside of you. But you see, before you become that Pharisees and scribes, you have to have crammed what was called the scriptures at the time. You have to have crammed the book, the Torah. You have to have crammed it in your head. But these are the same people that Jesus said, you don't have the word of God in your heart. Mm. So he said that he now, he now told them later in the scripture that you search the scripture because in them you will think you will, you have eternal life. The eternal life was talking about is the zoe, the zoe, the life, the God life, the life of God. But he said that you did not find it. What you found in that is, in, is, is because those scriptures, they testify of me. You think that you'll find life, but what you found was a testimony of me, Jesus told the Pharisees and the scribes. So now, the question is, it was, it was Paul that actually clarified it for us. Paul in um, second, because you see, if, if we are to build the foundation of our faith, we have to understand what word brings, what word brings and births that faith. Because the scripture said that, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Paul said it, Paul not explained it for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, where he said that he has made that, that Christ has made him an able minister of the New Testament, not of the letter, for the letter killeth, but not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So he said the letter kills death, darkness, but the spirit gives life. Life, light. I remember John chapter 1, verse 4, where he said that in him was light, in him was in that word was life, and the life was the light of man. So if you read the Bible, if you read that 66 testament of 66 testimony of men, of, of, of God's dealing with men, prophecies, promises, and covenant of God, if you read that Bible, without the life-giving spirit that inspired the Bible, what you are reading is just theology and it just tales by moonlight. So to truly get the word of God, to truly get the word of God, you have to read the Bible by the spirit of God. And that is what builds our faith. 
Because the spirit of God only goes in the direction where the word has, has, has been spoken. Your faith only rises up when the word has been spoken to you. And you see, there's something, there's something peculiar about the word of God is that me and you can read the same scripture. Three people can read the same scripture and the word of God to three of them will be different. It will not be the same word to the three of them. Three people, four people can go to a meeting and they preach a particular sermon, but the word of God to the four of them will be different. So the, what is the word of God? The word of God is the spirit, is what the spirit is speaking. So if you carry, if you carry what the spirit is speaking and put, and, and put it in the Bible, you get the word of God. So um, now that we have laid the basis of what the word of God is and the word of God that builds our faith. Now the question is, if you have the light, the question is, what do you see? Because you see in this kingdom, it is always according to what you see. It is always according to what you see. Um, 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 even um, um, when, uh, because you can actually, two people can actually look at the same thing and they will see differently. Remember the 12 spies when Moses sent 12 spies? Some of them came and they saw giants. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back and instead of seeing a giant, they saw a promise. Same thing with David. The same thing with David. Some saw Goliath, a giant. But David came and he saw a throne. You see, Hebrew 11, remember Hebrew 11 verse 3, it said that, that we understand that our world was framed was framed by the word of God, that the things which are seen are not made from the things which do appear. So what do we see? What we see, remember it says that um, 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 faith is the substance of the things we hope for, the evidence of the things not seen. So if you attribute your foundation of faith, you have to be able to, to see the hope, what you hope for, rather than what do appear. So to build, up, um, 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 to build the foundation of your faith, your eyes has to be on what you hope for and not on the things that do appear. Um, um, the, the spies that were sent to the land, the people saw the giant there. But what Joshua saw, Joshua saw the hope of a land flowing with milk and honey. In the days of David, people saw Goliath. But what David saw was the hope of the throne that was promised to him by God. So the question is, what do you see? The question is, what do you see? That is the question. What do you see? Because others in this season, it is always according to what you see. You have to position yourself in a place where you see that promises that the Lord has given to you instead of what do appear. So I want us to pray, say a quick prayer this morning. And, 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 and what we'll be praying from is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8. That God should, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, that God should open our eyes to see. That He should open our eyes to see, open the eyes of understanding, to see the hope of our calling, to see Amen. the hope, what He has called us for, what is it that He has called us for. That He should open our eyes, because our eyes can actually be opened that we will not see. So I want us to pray quickly this morning. God, open my eyes. Open, open my, my eyes, eyes that Lord. I may see the hope of what you are yes, calling me for. Open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes that I may see your word. Open my eyes that I may see Jesus according to your will. Father, please let me see you, God, as you speak, Jesus. Let me see that which you want me to see, O God. Filter my sight by your spirit, O God, that I would see, O God, what you want me to see. Let me see as you see, O God. Let me discern as you discern, O God. In the name of Jesus, my dear brother, my 
Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Our sight, remember I said our sight is very important because it's what we see, the word of God that we see that builds our faith. And it is that faith that pleases God. Because he said the just shall live by faith. So it is by our sight what we see. It's what we see that we hope for. It's the hope, what we hope for that we see. And that is what God calls faith. So the next thing that we'll talk about is the cry for mercy. Blind Bartimaeus cried out for mercy. I remember the scripture, people told him, keep quiet. That is the world, people around his environment wanting him to conform to his environment. Oh, would you keep quiet? But he refused, he cried for mercy. But you see, that cry for mercy was is something that is that that I never saw, but but the Lord opened my eyes to it. Because you see, Jesus, he called Jesus, Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. See, Jesus never told him, Oh, your sins are forgiven. So it was not really the mercy of sins. Jesus never said, Oh, your sins are forgiven. No, Jesus said, you are healed because of your faith. But you see, without understanding the mercies of God, you cannot come to the place of faith. This man tapped into a covenant that God had with David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 15. That my mercy shall never depart from your house like Saul. For you to understand the covenant of mercy, you have, to, you have to start, for you to understand the covenant of mercy, you have to start from the beginning, from Genesis. You see, man, God created man, God gave man everything, and man sinned against God, he disobeyed God, and God um, drove man, uh, man left the presence of God. And you see, from Genesis to the birth of Jesus, everything that happened, because I asked people, what, what is the Bible to you? To me, the Bible is a love story. To me, the Bible is a love story. Why I call it a love story is that the extent the father will go to redeem his own, to bring just like the prodigal son, to bring back a child that has left his presence. The extent that the father will go, the taking, wiping out this um, generation, doing this, everything was the extent the father will go to preserve and to bring back his son. So you see, it started with um, 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 called first did um, Noah. He preserved the preserved the kind, a, a peculiar kind of people with Noah, and also he went and he called an Abraham from somewhere to walk with him by faith, and he gave Abraham. He now entered a covenant with Abraham. He called Abraham to a covenant of faith, then to raise to raise a generation that no matter what they do that he will always remember his covenant with Abraham and plant them in the land that he promised to his friend. So because, because, um, because of, um, because of, because he had to plant, he had to plant um, Israel because why, why did he have to plant Israel? Because out of that planting, a stem called Jesse had to come out he had to raise a stem. A stem called Jesse had to come out from that planting, and he will raise a man called David that will pursue after him to build him a habitation to host the ark of his presence. So he had to do all this arrangement to raise a guy called David. And what was David, one of the things that made God come into a covenant of mercy, everlasting mercy, they call it, the Bible called it the short mercies of David. One of the 
one of the reason uh, was that David wanted to build a house, wanted to build a habitation for the ark of God. And God looked at him and said, ah, that throughout the time I was working in the desert, no one ever built me a house. And you come and you have stayed in good, you are, you are, you are living the life, I've given you everything. And you thought about me this much and you want to host my presence, you want to carry the ark. And it, and he, it was there that he made a covenant with him. And he made a covenant with him that my mercy will never leave your house. So you see, if Jesus did, if Jesus would have ignored blind Bartimaeus, his, his, uh, his stand or his office or his claim to be the Messiah would have been contested because he claimed that he is the son of David. So he works on the oppression of the mercies of God. So, so even till now, even till now, the star of um, the star in the Israel's in Israel's flag, they call it the star of David, and that is why God's mercy can never leave Israel. So being so, how does this benefit us? Is that being born in Christ? We have to, we are being born in Christ. We have been crafted into that lineage. We now fall into the categories of the benefactors of that covenant, of that covenant of mercy. So what is that mercy? Yeah, we understand that that mercy is what is, is the part of that mercy is what brings us, is what brings us to Christ as in our salvation, brings us to the salvation prayer and everything. But apart from that, what is that mercy? It's when the enemy comes and tells you that, the predicament that you find yourself is out of a decision that you have made or a mistake that you have made or, a, or your past life, something that you have done in your past. Yes, what they say is true, but, but guess what? Mercy, God's mercy would take whatever thing, whatever closed door would open it in front of you. Remember also in Revelation where he said that he that carried, was talking about Jesus, that he that holds the keys to David, that will open a door that no man can shut and will shut a door that no man can open. So we have to understand that no matter what has been done in the past, no matter the predicament that we find ourselves, it is the mercy of God that brings us out of that predicament. So if you are sick, it's not really necessarily the power of God that comes. The first thing that comes before the power of God is the mercies of God. So when you find yourself that you probably, you have lung cancer, probably because of the smoking, you have been smoking in your past because of the bad thing. Yes, it is judgment. It is, it is, it is, it is, um, it is, it is based on the law of cause and effect. You did it and so that is what should come to you. But the mercies of God, but the mercies of God, he said, um, he said in, um, according to James, James chapter 2, verse 13, he said the mercies of God triumphs over judgment. Yes, that is the judgment, but the mercies of God comes above judgment. You see, when David wanted to host the presence, the ark of God, the, if you look at it, the ark of God, what sits upon, what sits on top the ark of God is the mercy seat. So if you are to host the ark of God, you have to host the presence of God, you have to be conscious of the mercy seat. And the mercy is not one that gives you the leverage to go and see. No, 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 no. If you know that you host the ark of God, there are some things that you shouldn't do. There are some steps that you should not take. But when the enemy comes and tells you that, um, that what you are going through is cause and effect, and you did this thing, you lived a bad life, you, you did abortion, so you cannot give birth again. You say, no, the mercies of God, for his mercy mm. endure it forever. The mercies Amen. of God, for his mercies endure it forever. When he yes. comes and tells you that this thing has happened, to you is because of what you have done. You say no. Mercy's tri mercy, his mercy triumphs over his judgment. His Amen. mercy endure it forever. His Amen. mercy endure it forever. So when the Amen. enemy comes to say to to say this, um, according to, I think in Romans chapter nine, verse fifteen to sixteen. Romans chapter nine. Let's quickly um, read it. I'll quickly open the scripture. Romans chapter nine. Um, Romans chapter 9, verse... Everyone can hear me, right? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Romans chapter 9, verse 15 to 16. He said, For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. Which is the verse 16 that, that, that stood out for me. He said in verse 16, So then it is not of him who wills, 
nor of him who runs, but it is of he, but it is of God who shows mercy. So when you come to an opportunity, or probably a job or a contract that you do not qualify for, it is God's mercy that brings you out of that place and gets you to a place of favor. He said mm-hmm. in uh, in Psalms chapter one o two, in some chap- I think that's what we we'll pray uh, we we'll pray on that. Let's um, let's look at um, Psalm one o two verse thirteen. Psalm one o two. If if you have your Bible, it would be it would be really great if you open your Bible. Psalm one o two verse. Psalm 102 verse 13. He said, you will, you will rise, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. What is the set time? The set time is when you have an understanding, when light has come, when the light of his word has come. And I believe this morning that we have that at the light of his word has come to us. So when you read this scripture, we're going to pray with this scripture. When you read this scripture, instead of putting Zion, put your name, for you will arise and have mercy on the maker for the time to favor him has come. Yes, that set time now has come. So I want you to pray for that mercy this morning. That same mercy, that same cry, don't conform to the environment around you. Don't conform to what, don't let the environment, don't let things around you silence you and say, shut up, don't cry for mercy. No, cry for mercy. Because it was after I cried for this mercy, I went through a season, I actually fasted for these short mercies of David. It's after I went through that season that I I had that encounter where the Lord took me from that place and took me to a place and said this is the place called faith so you have to we cannot truly understand faith you cannot truly walk in faith if you do not understand the covenant of mercy that god has with you so i want you to cry for that covenant cry that god should remember his covenant that he should remember the covenant that he had with david that he should yes, remember Lord. it all that he should arise and have mercy on the maker arise and have mercy on arise and have mercy on whoever it is under the sound of my voice and have mercy on the sound So before we continue, I hear my spirit that there's someone there. I don't know if you have an infection with your eye, you have eye problem. I hear the Lord saying that He's healing you from that eye problem. Amen. And also there's somebody that um under the sound of my voice, you feel like you have something on your truth. When you declare your truth, you can feel something underneath your truth. The Lord is saying that He's that He's drying up whatever it is that is that is that is in your truth. He's drying it up this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Then someone also, I think you have muscle problem. I don't know if it had something to do with your back or something. The Lord is bringing healing to you as I Amen. speak. The Lord is bringing healing to you this morning Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the third one, I'll quickly rush the third one. The third one is His garment. He, he pulled out. He put. He pulled out his. Uh, he pulled out his garment, and uh, and he went to meet Jesus. You see, garment is a very is is, is something that has been spoken um, that has been that throughout the Bible they will always speak about garment, garment, garment. 
um, what, what was his name? Um, Peter, when he was leaving um, the prison, he 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 he, he they, they spoke about the garment. Um, Joseph, they spoke about garment. Every time they speak about garment, what is garment? What is that clothing? Even Jesus said that you cannot put an old cloth. You cannot blend an old cloth with a new cloth. Do you understand? Every time they spoke about garment. So what is that thing, garment? You see, for you to understand garment, you have to understand that it would be odd for me, for example, to go to, I'm a doctor, to go to a lab wearing, um, wearing an engineer's garment, an engineer's garment, putting the helmet um, on my head and wearing um, safety boots and all. It would be odd for me to go to site carrying the test and wearing um, um, a doctor's garment. So one of the things that we have to be very cautious about is the garment, what we are wearing at the time. Because at this time, also seasons change. There are garments for different seasons. So like now here in um, Sweden, where I am right now, um, it's getting cold. It would be, if you see someone probably wearing, during the summer, you saw them, the um, they were almost going naked during summer, but it would be, 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 it would be somehow, it would be funny if you come and you see somebody wearing a bikini during winter or wearing summer clothes or wearing, um, going out without shirt during um, winter. You, you can look at the person and say, is, is, something, is something wrong with you? So one of the things that clothing, um, clothing, garments um, represent is our state, our mindset, where we are at, where we are at, at that time. So when you look at someone wearing a doctor's garment, it's very obvious that this person could be a doctor. When you see someone wearing, and um, we see someone putting on winter clothes, you don't need to see, um, you don't need to come out of your house. You, if you see someone putting on winter clothes, it's clear that probably the environment, is the environment around him is cold. So we have to be conscious of the garment that we are wearing. We have to be conscious of what we carry. And the best, the best person, the person that actually defined the garment in the whole of scripture was Joseph. Joseph was somebody that gave full definition of what garment was. You see, God, Joseph started with the coats of many colors given to him out of the love of his father, Jacob. And you see, someone stole, um, his brothers stole that garment from him and he changed the garment to a slave garment and he went through slavery and he got to um, Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife started liking him and Potiphar's wife stole his slave garment and they gave him a prisoner's garment and the bible recorded that he stayed in prison but when Pharaoh called can you hear me yes we can hear you yeah but when Pharaoh called for him out of when he knew that this guy had light, Joseph had to change his garment to meet to meet um, to meet Pharaoh. Mm. So why am I talking about garment this morning? Is that we have to we have to be able because our mindset creates our environment. Um, time will not let me um, um, uh, speak more on this, but um, I want you to understand that. It is most of the things you find around you is a product of what has been your mindset of what's been happening inside of you. So God has called to a new season, but what has been stopping you from walking in that new season is that you are still wearing the garment of the old. What is stopping you from walking in that new season is that you are still in the mindset of the old. Mm -hmm. So you cannot truly walk in faith if you are not ready to pull out your garment and reach out, and reach out. Um, blind Bartimaeus understood that he had to take off that his blind garment to reach out for something higher. He had to take it out in faith. I think one of the most, one of the biggest, the, the, the most profound faith work that he did after he had cried out for mercy was that he pulled his garment. Why did he pull his garment? That he will never return to where he's coming from. He pulled it because he said, away with that. He never went back with it. So I want us to pray this morning that whatever it is that we have held on to, whatever um, um, uh, uh, mindset that we have held on to, whatever thing that has held us bound, because we have to understand there's something that the Lord opened my eyes to see. We have to understand, you see, the Israelites, they went to Egypt as a safe heaven 
at the time, during the time of Jacob, when Joseph was there, there was hunger in the, in, the, in the land. So they went to Egypt as a safe heaven. But what happened in Egypt is that we, the, the, the place that used to be a safe heaven at a time, season that passed, and that place became a bondage. So sometimes we have left something that we have built as a world to protect us at a time, at a particular season. That season has changed. But these of us to live there, we have stayed there and that mindset has held us captive. So I want us to pray this morning that we, that we pray that the Holy Spirit renews our mind, renews our Amen. mind, changes our thought pattern. This Amen. Because it's always according to what is going on, what is going, uh, what is going on in your mind. So I want you to pray this morning. He says in, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he said that do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, to the pattern of the environment around you, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what is God's will. So you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will. So I want you to pray with this scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Pray with this scripture that God renew my mind so that I will know your will, so that I will not be operating a new season, trying to operate a new season with an old mindset. So I want you to Amen. pray that prayer this morning. Oh, Father, Father, renew my mind, Lord. Yes, renew my mind, Jesus, that I will not function in a new season, Father, with an old mindset. In the name of Jesus, renew my mind, oh God, from every hindering and lazy Oh Father, by your word, let my mind be so um, I close with this. Uh, in um, I think uh, um, what's I think is in Romans five. I'm not really sure where he says that uh, that but we rejoice in tribulation for the trial of our faith breeds patience, and then patience breeds um, um, character. Some um, version of the scripture, some version of the Bible says, and it breeds uh, experience, and um, experience breeds hope. And um, that we know that our hope is not a shame because by that hope, the love of God is shared in our hearts, hearts by the Holy Spirit. So the pillars of our faith, the pillars of our faith is patience. You cannot truly really be a man of faith if you are not a man of, if you are not a patient man, if you are not a man of patience. You cannot truly really be a man of faith if you have not walked experientially with God by experience. A man of faith is someone that has a, 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 a track record of God's dealing with him. You cannot truly be a man of faith if you are not a man of character, that your experience has built within you that character. You see, some people, a man of faith, would, when, someone, when something is spoken, you look at it and it will just go, because he has, he has built, God has built character in him. And a man of faith, is can, a man of faith is always a man that hopes he believes in hope even no matter what happened he says in job that as long as that um, um, as long as um, that even if you cut a tree that the hope is not lost because at the smell of water as long as it happens at the smell of water it will sprout again do you understand so hope when you have hope no matter what happens around you you still have hope. You still see the hope or the promises of God over your life. So a man of faith is a man of hope. Then lastly, a man of faith is a man of love. Because you experience your walk of faith when you pass through that journey of patience, when you pass through that journey of 
character and experience and hope, you get to a point where you know that God is love, that God loves you, that what he had made you pass through was not because he did not like you, but it's just like a good father, that he's a good father, just like a father, for example, that a father will not sit and see his child go through pain, but that if he doesn't do anything, if he sees his child go through pain and he doesn't do anything, is the only reason why he will not do anything is because that that thing, that pain that the child is going through is a necessary tool to transform that child to a son that he will be proud of. So when you go through that journey, you come to a place, you come to this conviction in your heart that God is good and that the father loves you. So the journey and the pillars of faith is patience, character, experience, hope, and love. You cannot truly understand the love of God if you have not journeyed with God. So I thank you, uh, Father. I bless you for this word. Uh, I declare Amen. that you are God. I thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to see you, for yes, opening our eyes to see your word. I thank you for staying, up, staying within us, oh God, Father, that hope. I thank you, so, oh Father, for reminding us in our heart what you have spoken over our life, for opening our eyes to see how to find your words in the scriptures, of, in the scripture and in the Bible, how to find and locate your word. Father, we thank so, you, oh God, Father, for opening our eyes to see the sure mercies of David that, that is everlasting, everlasting. That no matter where we are, oh God, Father, your mercy can always locate us. That your Amen. eyes are not dim, that you cannot see us. Or your heart yes. shutting, that you cannot reach us. Yes, but Lord. Father, that it is, that it is your mercy, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy, your mercy, oh God. Father, also, Father, we thank you, oh God, <clears throat> for opening our eyes to see that, um, that we should change our mindset. We should change our old wine skin for beauty in us a new wine skin to be yeah. able to contain that new wine oh god that you are pouring out to this new season and to build yeah. our faith in you experientially oh god that will become a door that people will look and will be <coughs> sorry excuse me, and will be a proof of your existence will be a proof that you are mighty will be a proof that <coughs> that you rule and reign over the affairs of man and yeah. i will just thank you we magnify your name, O oh God. We glorify your name, O oh God. Find expression Amen. in our life, O oh God. Amen. Father, that we are able to host your presence in this season, O oh God. Amen. Be exalted, Abba, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, guys. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. All right, thank Amen. you. Amen.